0: Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Glimsdahl. My guest this week is Kendra Hall. Kendra is the chief storytelling officer at Success Magazine. She's also a best-selling author and her book, Stories That Stick, debuted at number two on the Wall Street Journal's bestseller list. Her second book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life, Silence Your Inner Critic, and Rewrite Your Life from the Inside Out, releases in January 2022, which we'll talk about at the end. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast, Kendra.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Nick. Thrilled to be here.
0: Yeah, I am excited as well. So one question I ask every single guest at the very beginning is, what's one thing people might not know about you?
1: Mm, Something you may not know because I only recently rediscovered it, but I have a secret dream of being in musical theater, like on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's Broadway reopened recently here in New York city. I've seen several shows and I finally, just after the last one I went to, I walked out and I was like, "Ah, that's one of those things that I will always dream. I could be on Broadway. And And if
0: if you could pick one, one Broadway show, what would it be?
1: Ooh. Oh, that's tough. I recently saw Moulin Rouge um, before it won all the awards and it was amazing. So I would, I would have to say Moulin Rouge.
0: So you thought it was cool before it was cool.
1: I know. I, mean. I just want to point that out that I did see it the week before it won or like three days before it won the Tony. So just so uh, you know, I, I was love it. ahead of the game.
0: So, if we kind of transition from Moulin Rouge to storytelling, I think that is part of storytelling, right? So, what is, the power, what is the power of a story from your well, perspective?
1: I mean, they're, they're, the power of story is multi-layered. Uh, and tapping into the power of story is something that we can do in all the different facets of life, whether it's the stories that we're telling outwardly or the stories we're telling inwardly, but really stories are the way that we make sense of the world and our place in it. And I think that while we all know, it seems so obvious, right, that stories matter, when we go into some of the most important moments of our life, whether it's with our children or a big job interview or a huge meeting or presentation, we kind of put the stories on the back burner. And it's been my mission, I feel like my calling <laughs> to, to help people continuously bring stories forward and see them as the thing that really connects people to other people
0: so it's it's everybody has a story uh, re- regardless if they know it or not right mm-hmm. and so some of them are really good and some of them are mm, not not so good so how how do you go about telling a really good or are i guess let me back up how are how are the stories are they created all equal or are they you know like how do you go about weighing those
1: Oh, that is a great question. So the first thing I would say is it is true that everyone has a story, but I think more importantly, the nuance of that is that everyone has lots of stories. Uh, I think one of the, by saying everyone has a story, it puts a, um, which this is not your fault. This is this is the way we think, one of the reasons that we miss the power of it is it puts a subtle pressure on the story itself that you need to be thinking of like your one big story. And, and that's where people say, well, I don't, I don't have a story. I'm just living. And so, so that's the first like really important thing to understand is that every person is made up of millions of stories every brand every product every company there are stories happening you know if you're if you're in customer service right and you're taking in the calls how many every single one of those calls you're either hearing a story from the person who's calling or you can tell a story about the call that you had. And so that's that's a really important thing is to see that yes we all have a story but we actually all have lots of stories. And and from there it's a really determining when and why to be sharing them and to be telling them and and recognizing that in those key moments, uh, sometimes just a really small story of something that happened that day can can make a big difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of stop in your tracks every time I hear a good story. I don't necessarily I kind of lean into that conversation. I'm, I'm it's piquing my interest enough where I want to continue on that journey. So what does it take to tell that good story? Because everybody can kind of pretend to tell that good story or have that pent up pressure and saying, oh, I only have that one good story. I better I better nail this. Yeah. What does it take to tell a good story?
1: What makes a great story is a something that I think a lot of us. Once you realize that stories have power, the next step is, okay, so how do I make sure I tell a good one, which is coupled with the fear of, I don't want to tell a bad story. (laughs) Um, So this was actually a question that I sought to answer in my first book, Stories That Stick, to give people an opportunity. Because I think another reason that stories get shut out or not utilized to their full potential is we think that storytelling is a talent that some people have and some people don't. And But if you think about that, if you consider yourself one of the people who isn't a talented storyteller and yet stories are so critical, whether in business or in life, you're kind of opting out of excellence in business or in life. Um, So I much rather have people understand a storytelling as a skill, as something that they can practice and get better at. And to make that even easier to do, we actually studied what are the components that make a story great? What make a story more compelling, more memorable, more influential, or persuasive, or even just more entertaining? And from that research, we tested four different key components that a story Um, needs to have. And the four components were an identifiable character. There needs to be a person in the story. Oftentimes in business, we leave the character out and instead we talk about the brand or the product or, you know, but unless it's even the, I mean, unless it's the M&Ms, right? Who but they all are characters.
0: They're all characters. Yeah. One
1: of the M&Ms is a different, has an entire personality, likes, dislikes. So stories need to have a character in them that the person listening can identify and on some level, Identify with this character is a tool to draw people in and bring them into the world of the story. The second thing a story needs to have is authentic emotion. Now, this isn't big dramatic emotion. Not every story needs to make someone cry, but emotion that is relatable and real. And we all feel emotions all day, every day. For example, here's one I'm just going to pull it out just today. I was walking. I left my apartment. So I live in New York City. I left my apartment and went down, was going down to the coffee shop to get a coffee. Now, typically I grab a coffee after, right after I go to Soul Cycle. and I have my bag with all of my shoes and water and everything in it. And I always have a mask in that bag. Keep in mind in New York, we don't, drive cars. Like I walk to my spin class. I walk to my coffee shop. Like you walk everywhere. That's why we really only live within five blocks. It's, I don't know (laughs) anything else beyond the five blocks that I live in. Um, Usually I go right after spin class today. I didn't go to spin. So I was going to get my coffee later. I grabbed my keys. I grabbed my phone. I ran out the door. I got out onto the street and realized, shoot, I don't have a mask. And it's that, that moment of like, oh, gosh, now what do I do? Do I go all the way back upstairs? Do I run in and, and be ridiculed? Cause I'm not, do I hide under my jacket? Like that looks stupid. Do I, do I just give up and not even get a, you know, this feeling of like, oh shoot. And just then I walked by one of the doormen, not of my building, but a building next door who I walk by every morning and I don't know his name. I need to learn his name. And I looked at him and it said, hey, you don't by chance have an extra mask. And I didn't even say the word mask. I said, you don't by chance have an extra. He's like, mask. And he pulled open his coat and pulled out a mask and gave it to me. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And I went on my way and got my coffee. Okay. So this isn't an earth shattering story. However, have you felt that feeling of, oh my gosh, do I, like, now is it even, you have a really busy day. Like, is it even worth it to go get the thing that I forgot? Right. Have you had that feeling before, Nick?
0: Yeah. I'm actually, I was on the, my way to a meeting this morning and it wasn't quite bright out yet. And I wow. knew that I didn't bring my glasses, my sunglasses. Yep. And I knew by the time I got onto the interstate, it was going to be bright out. And I was going to be doing the squinty eyes with the visor and trying to lift my head up and down. Right. Yeah. And I, I was like four minutes out. And I was like, you know what? I got to turn around because it's just going to be a painful experience on the way back. So, yes. hundred percent.
1: So, so see right there now I can turn. So so what? Uh, I guess the point that I'm making here is that what you said right there, like we've all had this and you just happened to, I mean, we may have been having the same experience at the exact same time, right? Mm -hmm. That is authentic emotion that when you're like, Oh, Oh, I can relate to that. Like there's, it wasn't, you're not crying. You're not like, this is the most inspirational thing that I've ever heard. And that story in of in and of itself that I just told doesn't necessarily have a moral. It'd be really easy to make it have a moral and to say, you know, I, I have never, I've always appreciated the kindness of strangers, but never more so now than in our individual lives as we've been so separate from each other. And, and that, you know, how, how even these small connections with strangers can make a huge difference in your day, right? Like I can make that a, But so authentic emotion being one of the components, it doesn't have to be big. It just has to be real. Like I felt that way and the realness of it connects to you. So that's only component number two. Component number three is um, a moment in time. You did it just there even though you weren't necessarily telling a story but you were explaining your morning and you were sitting in the car and i without even really realizing it was sitting in the car next to you i was actually in the i was kind of sitting on your lap if i think about it um so sorry it was probably inhibiting your ability to drive but picturing like i could see the visor and you trying to like squint around it right. i was picturing you on the freeway like that's what that component is is now were were you able to picture any of my story yeah. As I was telling you, the, the
0: whole story, I, I felt like it was like a, this. But you know how you had the goggles back with the kid? And you can yeah. like slide through. That was like what I was seeing as as you were telling me about.
1: It. And have you ever lived in New York City?
0: Never, never, never. I've been to New York City, but I still it made me know exactly where you were at in that exact spot because how you describe it.
1: So, and and so that right there, like you don't have to live here. You maybe have never even, maybe somebody listening has never even been to New York city, but you can picture what city blocks look like. And you're, you're right there with me. So, so that's one of those key components is giving them enough, like putting the story in a place and a time so that the person listening can see themselves there with you as awkward as it is to be trying to drive with someone sitting on your lap. That's the goal. And then to drive that, The fourth component is specific details, because our brains, as we're as we're listening to stories, we pick up on these small details and it without even realizing it. And our brains love doing this. And where this is really effective in in business and beyond is it's an opportunity for you If you include these details and they're related to the person you're talking to, you get to say without saying anything like, I really understand where you're coming from. You know, like if I was a mother of a young child and described like that moment when you finally get the stroller to snap into place after you pull it out of the trunk, yeah. like that's showing and I'm talking to an audience of m- mothers with young children, like maybe that maybe I'm trying to sell baby food. I don't know. But that small detail, that click, the, that click of the sound of a stroller. Stroller. When you finally get it straightened out of your trunk, they are picturing that moment, and you're also saying, without saying it, like, "I get you. I, I know who you are." At this level, that you otherwise wouldn't have understood. So that's what makes the story great. And I hope you can tell it, even as I'm sharing, just like going through the list here, how how easy it actually is to do right? Like if you just have those four check marks and it seems so obvious then after you say it, but that'll make your story great.
0: Yeah. It sounds so easy in the way that you just like effortlessly did it because you, this is what you do. This is what you, this is like your superpower. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily make it easy for, for everybody. Right. But I think it's, it's muscle memory. It's continuing to practice that. Uh, If I go back to like an elite athlete, they don't necessarily say, I'm going to go to the Olympics. It's I'm going to run today, uh, or I ran in gym class in fifth grade. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay at this. Yeah. Continuing to take that step. One question I have on that is, so we talked about all of those, those four steps and I love it in business and in customer experience, explaining the why to those employees specifically, like why should I care that they have an awesome experience? Let's bring it back to storytelling. Why is it important? In storytelling to talk about the why or is it important
1: well I think I think what a story does is actually gives you the most effective vehicle for communicating a why uh, oftentimes we use really subpar why tactics, right? We have a mission statement or we have the five C's or mm-hmm. we have the three R's of our customer experience, or, you know, we have infographics or all these silly things. Sorry, but they are, they're silly and, and fine. It's good to have them, but there are so many stories of the difference a great customer experience made for for the customer, for the company, for like what that goal really is that has that emotion, that has the character, that has the detail. And so it really is, if you are trying to engage your employees in fully embracing the why of why customer experience matters so much, the only way to communicate that is through stories
0: in a competitive market does your customer service stand out from the crowd one way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud but with so many options to choose from how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers that's where vds comes in and guides you to the best solution They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. I love it. So in this book, Stories That Stick, how storytelling can captivate customers, influence audiences, and transform your business. In this little tiny sentence, you write that customer experience has a natural edge over traditional marketing. You just like snipped it in there. I was like, ah, I'm going to ask this question. So tell me more about that. Like, why is that?
1: Yeah. Because, because a cu- the word experience implies a story. Like an experience is a you know like a story is an experience, an experience yeah. is a story, and I think what traditional marketing does, and for so long, it's just how do we take the experience out of it and just distill it down to blah blah blah, and fastest turnaround time, and excellent support, and like all this, you know, buy now garbage, and and what's happened is what's happened is we've all evolved beyond that right like we like who why, like we don't even have commercials anymore and yet the marketing copy et cetera, hasn't necessarily um so so the customer experience is a built-in story like that is and you can pull from their experiences and share a much more vivid imagery uh vivid imagery that's kind of redundant but like if if you're trying to market something that they can only experience in their minds by until they actually experience it then you need to be drawing on the stories of previous experience
0: yeah I, I love how you kind of, you brought in service and the world's greatest service and you should do business with us. I now. You know, you talk about the, inside the book, again, you talk about the importance of filling the empty spaces. And I I never really think of, when it comes to empty spaces, I, I always think like, if there's empty spaces and they're not communication to that customer, uh, there's this void. And usually the void of that customer is like, they don't care about me. I don't feel yeah. more valued, and something bad happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not just in in when you're interacting with a customer service department. That's just people in general. When there's an empty space, there's usually void of, of bad things. So oh
1: yeah, think about think about sitting on a plane on the tarmac, and the plane's not taking off, and the plane's yeah. not taking off, and and. The pilots who just don't say anything, it's like, what? You need to go back to school. The pilots who come on and are like, hey, listen, this is happening. This is happening. It's going to take a little bit. I mean, think about the difference in those two experiences. When you have a pilot who's like, whatever, I'm just going to leave that gap there. Or the pilot who decides I'm going to fill them in on the story because they're writing it. We're all writing it on our heads, right? What's actually happening and how long we're going to be sitting here for and why.
0: And it's usually the worst case scenario. Like, they, oh, they're just going to have to replace the engine. I'm dead tomorrow. <laughs> this gonna great. I'm just yeah. going to
1: live here now. This is not my home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they start putting out their laundry. It's going to be great. Exactly.
1: exactly. You know,
0: what happens if you just flip that just a little bit more and is more effort from the captain themselves or the pilot. But let's say she comes out of the cockpit and says, Hey, just want to let everybody know, this is what, here's the update. Instead of just jumping on the, the radio or the, yeah. the, the clicker, I don't know what the, what the official what a, name a, yeah. of it is. And then you just say, Hey, I'm, this is, I'm your pilot and here's the situation. And it's going to be about 15 minutes, sit back and relax. And, uh, you know, looking forward to kick this off in about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just a different experience because now you have peace of mind and the person who's going to bring you from point A to point B, you're just, you're like, okay, well, I'm now not getting transition from the person who's giving me a beverage. I'm actually listening to the person who actually is telling me uh what I need to hear and, and when I need to hear it. So yeah I love that. But one question I have is what if instead of inside the customer service department, instead of hearing these awful hold music because everybody hears them and do 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 right? Or it's just like music that I don't care about it because it's not personalized to me. But you say, uh, or the, the your call is very important to me because that, right. that is never true. Uh, although uh, it's going to be an extra 40 minutes of wait time. Yeah, it's,
1: exactly. It, yeah. Instead,
0: yeah. what if you heard stories from other customers?
1: You know what? I, um. this is genius. Something that makes me really excited is anytime we can find, and, and you're right, we talked about this in the book, anytime you can find an opportunity for a story to go. Like I was like, put it on the back of a cereal box, right? As you're just yeah. sitting there on the, or like the, um. of course, this is back to now that I'm taking the subway. Like there's so much, there's so much advertising on, in the trains on the subway and people are sitting there for sometimes an hour why not have your company tell its story across the imagery and you're right that is one of the empty spaces that i never considered what an incredible opportunity to maximize that time and you can have as many short stories on there as you want i am stealing that idea i am i will it. call it i will call it yours but that's genius <laughs> It's Absolutely. It's, everybody should be doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should be doing a lot of things. It just, how do <laughs> you get them to understand that it's important to their customer?
1: Yeah. I think that's where, and, and it's just the, the repetition. That's why I'm always standing here in my room, filming virtually or traveling around the country, that mission of like, Hey, these stories matter. And there are so many Specific opportunities and interactions in which to be sharing them, and that is that's just one. And here's the thing the good news is most people won't do it, most people don't do the thing that they really should be doing in all areas of life, um, including business. I say that is good news because that means the one of you who's listening right now who takes this back to your office and records these stories the two or three of you who do it you'll be miles ahead of anyone else they'll be they'll be eating your dust if if you put this into practice
0: eating your dust uh Kendra calls it today i don't know i i love that concept so one question i have also is about telling a great story like does it sometimes not always, you have to kind of get out of the box and get uncomfortable and get vulnerable. But does that always have to be the case when telling a good story is the vulnerability side?
1: I think that the word vulnerability gets, you know, just like any, just like the word storytelling gets thrown around a lot. I think that anytime we share a piece of ourselves as a human, uh, we're being vulnerable. Like even me just sharing the story of talking to a neighboring doorman, there's an aspect of vulnerability that humans appreciate when we share a little bit about ourselves. Now, vulnerability on the level of I'm going to tell you my greatest regret or the biggest mistake I've ever made or the thing I like the least about myself, like going to those extremes. No, you don't. You don't have to do that. I think one of the great things about storytelling as a decision, as a strategy in the office, at work, in your role is, yes, you get to be vulnerable, but you also get to choose which stories you share about yourself. There are stories that I don't share just because I don't wanna, you know, like I don't wanna be vulnerable in that way. I wanna, I'll be vulnerable in this way. So, yeah, it doesn't mean that you, I would encourage against you sharing stories that make you cry as you tell them, right? Uh, But sharing a story is innately vulnerable because you're giving a piece of yourself.
0: Love it. I love it. So, people get to choose their story. Uh, yes. So, there's this new book coming out I, I've heard in January oh, 2022 yes. called Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. Yes. Silence Your Inner Critic and Rewrite Your Life from the Inside Out. Tell my listeners about what you got here in 2022 that's pre ordered right now. So, go do that before you hit pause, pre order <laughs> right now, and then hear Kendra's story about yeah. what she's got to tell.
1: You know, it was, um, book writing is an interesting, it's an interesting experience. I finished Stories That Stick. I was so excited with the book and the response that I got and people finding, any author hopes that people find the value that I was hoping they would find. Um, and then some. So, so that was great. My thought was my, and I knew I had another book in me at least one more, my thought was my next book would be kind of like um, stories that stick, but going deeper into leadership, like people who are in any role of leadership, whether it's in an organization or in their community, whatever it is, how we can use kind of that purpose story is one of the chapters that I talked about. I thought that was going to be the next book that I wrote. It was a natural progression. But as time went on, as I continued to share the message, as I was sharing my own stories, I started realizing, and then especially as we moved into you know 2020, um, starting to notice that the content and the messages that people were really responding to were the messages I was sharing about The stories we tell ourselves and how we can, we can either, those stories can either move us forward in our life towards our goal, or they can hold us back and keep us from taking the next risk or, or even just doing the thing that we want to do, or maybe simply just siphoning off some of the daily joy that we should be feeling. And so In kind of a risky move, I would say, I pitched a different concept to my publisher. And instead of focusing on the stories we tell outwardly, as I do in stories that stick, choose your story, change your life, is all about the stories you're telling yourself. And how, if we, because we always have stories, they're on, they're automated within our own minds. What happens when we pause that automation and choose to insert the good stories instead of the bad ones. Uh, And much like stories that stick where I didn't want to just write another storytelling book. I really wanted people to be able to walk away with something they could use and apply that had four components, that had a methodology to go forward. This second book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life, I offer the same thing, uh, give you a lot of background on neuroscience and what's happening in your brain when it comes to the stories we're telling ourselves, but then to give you a four-step, really straightforward process of, okay, so you've got these stories, here's how Here's how we change them. So, it wasn't what I intended to write, but <laughs> it, it just happened to be, I think the message that was needed right now that I could give.
0: I look forward to it. I will uh, hit the pre-order button. I recommend everybody else does as well. Uh, anytime that somebody gives themselves a, their own nasty gram and they say it out loud and I hear it, I'm going to give them this book and just say, Yeah, just, just sounds and a critic, like just totally. read this book, take care <laughs> of it.
1: Well, and I do have um, for people, because pre-ordering books is kind of a silly thing, right? Usually you just buy the book when it's out, but I do have some incentives. If you do pre-order the book, you can go to chooseyourstorychangerlife.com, where there's a whole bunch of additional training and resources that you get access to uh, just for pre-ordering. So just enter your info there and you'll be tapped into all of that, including a virtual it's going to be fun though. I say virtual and it always, is like want, want, but no, it'll be a really fun virtual party right before the book comes out.
0: She will be giving out free air high fives to everybody. I will. It's going to be I, I'm going to be
1: mailing a Pat. You'll get a gift box. So there'll be a physical thing coming your way. I know.
0: No, no big deal. I'm going to put it in the show notes so people can get easily signed up. They have no excuses. Um, yeah. they, they misspell it, uh, whatever it is. But Kendra, I got two questions I ask at the very end to all my guests. No pressure. Uh, The very first one is what book or person in customer service or customer experience or life, uh, we'll we'll throw it out there, uh, has influenced you the most in the past year? Mm -hmm. And then the second one, I'll I'll pause, right? And the second one is if you could leave a note to all customer service representatives, it's going to everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say?
1: Oh, my gosh. Those are really big questions. OK, so when it comes to a customer service, I haven't read a book in the past year, but I would say that I think some of the best intel when it comes to that is was when we were going through the in the heart of the pandemic. Actually, it was probably like spring or summer and watching the restaurant industry here in New York City. Uh, it was like a it was like a class. In customer experience, um, and how to how to recommit and and show that gratitude and appreciation for every single person that came through their door. It was a really beautiful experience. So I don't know that anyone has put that in a book yet. Maybe that'll be my next book. And, um, the and, <laughs> and then the the note that I would put on everyone's, every customer's service rep's desk Monday morning is you could be someone's story. Like that doorman who just happened to give me, show me that moment of kindness. Uh, That's a story that I told you I wasn't even planning to. I came home, I told my husband, I'm like, oh, the doorman down the street. Like Every phone call you have with someone, um, and if you hold that in your heart, you could be the story that they tell that day of, of this just uniquely positive experience. And what a beautiful thing to be the great story that someone tells. That day,
0: that is that is some sound advice. Uh, What is the best way for my listener to get a hold of you? If they want to find your book, if they want to hire you as a keynote, if they want to give you an AI five, like what's the best way to people (laughs) to get a hold of you?
1: Well, my website is a great place to start. The website is Kindra Hall. That's K-I-N-D-R-A-H-A-L-L dot com. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, um, and of course. We'll be doing a lot of work on the choose your story, change your Life.com website as the book approaches.
0: I love it. Thanks so much, Kendra. I learned a bunch just listening to the stories or reading the stories that stick. The story that stuck out to me the most at the very beginning was the perfume story. Uh, I geeked out about that one. I went up, ran, I, I ran over and talked to my wife. I was like, listen to the story. This oh my amazing. gosh. That's right? awesome. uh, and then I, and then I read the rest one, uh, rest of it. There was no pictures. So it was a little bit harder for me to read. Uh, (laughs) picture books. Usually a
1: picture book. Okay. Well, now I'll keep that in mind too. Yeah.
0: Book number three or four. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. I know my, my listeners are going to love this one. So I thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you so much for lending me your ears for this time. It's an honor.
0: Hey listeners. Can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.